brats, 90s kids, and early otters, it's Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. I am Sam. I am Rachel. And we are a real-life married couple with a little bit of what you'd call an age difference. Oh, what now? An age difference. (laughs) And each week on this podcast, we introduce each other to a topic that is near and dear to our hearts from our own generation in an effort to bridge the generation gap. Rachel, Hmm. what do we got in store today? Ooh, today we've got a music festival tour episode. That's right. Yeah, we've got Lilith Fair meets... The Vans Warp Tour. (laughs) And Rachel, uh, I think that this might be the widest the generation gap has ever been. What do you think? Between these two (laughs) topics? Yeah, they're they're pretty... They're both music tours, but uh, we're going to need a long bridge to, (laughs) to generate this gap. Yeah, Generate the gap? That's not the right word. We are, it's a generation gap, a but generation it doesn't gap. generate gaps. It doesn't. It doesn't generate gaps. But <laughs> the bridge, regardless, if there are, if it is generating gaps, the bridge will fix them. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> Rachel, how about you just give us a little taste? What is Lilith Fair? Lilith Fair was a traveling concert tour slash music festival uh, from 97 to 99. And it was groundbreaking in that it consisted solely of female artists. What? Ladies can play music too <laughs> apparently uh and the vans warp tour was a rock tour slash extreme sports tour uh from <laughs> 1995 to 2019 um with really some sweet years in the middle there and some fringe stuff on the outside but we'll get into all of that but there was a time rachel when this gap was unbridgeable. Oh my God! Tell me about it. Once upon a time, we were in, in the, the dark. dark. It's scary dark in here, Sam. I've gotten used to the darkness because that's what my emotional inner turmoil is like. <laughs> oh no! Oh my goodness! It is time for in, in the, the dark. dark. It's time for In the Dark, where Sam and Rachel interview each other to find out just how much they know about this week's topics. Sam DeRost. Correct. What do you know about Lilith Fair? What is it? When is it? What's the scoopity-doopity? Okay, here's the scoopity-doopity. It's a festival uh, for ladies, a music festival. (laughs) A lady festival. A lady festival. um, A music festival for ladies. Um... Where there are like groups like the Indigo Girls who perform, and maybe these ladies also like ladies. Um, (laughs) That's kind of the vibes I've gotten from the outside. Okay, I'm not saying that's what it is. I actually have no idea other than the Indigo Girls. I literally have nothing to go on. Okay. Um, So it's a music festival for ladies who like ladies. That's right. All right. By ladies Mm. who like ladies. Um, my guess is it uh, was in the 90s, like all the musical festivals were, um, like, I'm going to say 96 to 2001. Oh, okay. That's a long music festival. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Any other bands that performed at Lilith Fair? Um, yeah, you have um, uh, Tori Amos. That's probably right. Yeah. I feel I good know. about that. I'm trying to think of like, there is... Um, one uh, lady I uh, dated at one time in my life who liked all this music. Uh-huh. Um, you dated Tori Amos? I dated Tori Amos. Wow. Yeah. Um, what's the Apple one? 
Like Christina Apple? No, that's Christina Applegate. No, that's an actress. But there's Fiona Apple. I'm gonna guess Fiona Apple. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna guess Michelle Branch. Uh-huh. And Mandy Moore. All right. Those are my guesses. And Mandy Moore. Okay, yeah. interesting. Yeah. All right. We'll see. Yeah, I guess we will. Rachel, what do you know about the Vans Warped Tour? All right. Vans Warped Tour is also a music festival sponsored by Vans. Get in a van and come to our tour. No, I think it's sponsored by Vans, the company mm-hmm. that makes sneakers. Mm-hmm. Vans Warp Tour. And just like a lot of topics here at the Generation Gap podcast, I had never heard of it until I started dating you. But now that we've been together six years, I've heard of Vans Warp Tour. I, my guess is it's uh, made for men who like ladies. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, Blink-182. I wouldn't call them men. <laughs> boys. <laughs> yeah, it's a boys festival. Um, you know, uh, I, my guess is it's in, oh God, maybe it took place in like 2005 to 2012. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it has, I obviously, all I can think of is like Blink-182. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's like a, like a pop punk kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe like, Yeah. And it probably a lot of moshing mm-hmm. and a lot of people that went to the festival live in their mom's basement, but they came out, they came out to celebrate the All music right. and they're like, my mom doesn't own me, bro. Great. Uh, <laughs> All right, Rachel, I'm going to name three bands. Two of them played Vans Warp Tour. One of them I made up in my head 15 seconds ago. All right. <laughs> the choices are. Anti flag, mm-hmm. Gregory's corpse, mm-hmm. new found glory. Okay, I think Gregory's corpse is the one you made up, and I think the other ones, anti flag and new found glory, are real. Okay, interesting. I guess we'll find out. I guess you'll find out how many of them I made up when we cut back to future Sam and Rachel. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I do think that that was your best in the dark of all time, wow. Rachel. Oh my god, is that a compliment? I d- it is. If Thank you take you. it as one, yeah, I think. Like, I think you're right. I knew a lot more than I ever did about my chemical romance or whatever else dashboard confessions. Yeah, yeah. You still don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that. Yeah, you've. Basically nailed everything. You said Blink-182, which Blink-182 got a lot of exposure from Warped Tour. I'll say that was kind of before my era. And I didn't realize that Blink-182 had actually played the Vans Warped Tour because they were such a big band when I was getting into music that, you know, that was many years previous. Mm. But even um, when you guessed Gregory's Corpse as the fake band, that is the fake band. Yeah. Well, Newfound Glory, weirdly, I've heard that before. It's because it's a real band. That's why you've heard it before. But it's, I think what I said to you, like, was that it sounds like it's probably a Christian, one of those, like, because I know there's hidden this Christian subset band. of, like, yeah. hidden Christian music yeah. within. Yes, rock punk yeah whatever yeah new i don't believe newfound glory is oh. a christian band i don't believe so um but if you want to talk about that pop punk whiny voice newfound glory is like the top of the top of the whiny voice 
Um, you also said you think it's a concert for men who like ladies. And I think this is the only place you faltered because uh, these men don't want too many ladies on the concert bill. <laughs> No, no, I no, I meant I meant straight. I men. know, I oh, know okay. what you mean. I was having fun. Oh, fun times! Yeah. All right, but I want to know how I did. Was Tori Amos on Lil Affair? You know, shockingly, no. Well, from what I the quick search I just did, I don't think she was, which is uh, interesting. I yeah. don't know why. How about Michelle Branch? No. Mandy Moore? <laughs> Mandy Moore, no. I went 0 for 3 on this? No, you said Indigo Girls. That's the only thing I knew going in. Um, Oh, no, you also said Fiona Apple. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, Fiona. Rachel always does this. <laughs> she says every... So, Fiona's a name. Everyone has this name. Rachel always says Fiona because she met one person no. in her life named Fiona. But it's not just that I met her. It's that I worked with this person for many years. And so I just kept hearing the name Fiona. So then now the other one sounds weird. And I know. I it never just sounds know. like you only read the name. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's kind of like Fiona. in Portland. There's all these like street names that Sam's like, Rachel, it's Halsey. And I'm like, well, it's spelled Halsey. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> not this again. All right. Are we starting with your thing? It seems like I feel like we are. Yes. Let's I think we have to start low and end high here. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just a brief history on the Vans Warp Tour. Pew, pew, pew. So it's a traveling rock tour that toured the United States, plus three or four stops in Canada, annually each summer from 1995 till 2019. Okay. It is the largest traveling music festival in the United States and the longest running touring music festival to date in North America. Woozy wazzy. Yeah. And uh, actually following the first Warped Tour, the skateboard shoe manufacturer Vans became the tour sponsor, hence the name Vans Warped Tour. Um, because they did have skating along with these bands, Rachel. I Skateboarding? Yes, skateboarding. Cool. <laughs> Not like roller skating. I'm sure they had roller skates. I know they had be- really? like bikers. It was extreme sports. They'd just have a half pipe mm-hmm. in the middle of this music festival, and there would be like professional skaters and stuff like doing tricks. That's such an interesting like intersection. It is. It is. Some might ask why, but the man, <laughs> Kevin Lehman, yeah. he was like a tour promoter. Right, he was like a music promoter in the underground LA, like kind of alternative punk rock scene. But he had worked on the other tours, like Lollapalooza, Mm -hmm. and so for him, the idea came like, "Oh, you know what? Extreme sports is the future. I have to tie like my music career to that. Otherwise, you know, we're all going to be working for somebody else." Is some like weird quote of his. but I don't want to give Kevin Lehman any, like, he's a genius vibes here. He's just a tour promoter, like, through and through, uh, an old guard person. And we'll kind of talk about the pros and cons of these kind of old guard uh, tour promoters when we get to Lilith Fair. And, and by the way, can we also say that the way that we boot camped this week was really different than what we normally do? because. Right. Usually we we kind of assign each other things like uh watch like listen to this album or you know if it's movies obviously we'll watch it together but this was like it's the concept is like 
we couldn't just boot camp it in a normal way. So we did watch a lot of the same source material that we're both referencing. We both watched like basically just like a bunch of YouTube documentaries and stuff like that. And then obviously did some individual research, but yeah. yeah. And concert footage and all. Yeah. That. Watched a bunch of like acts perform yeah. for sure. And like get the vibe. We got the vibe from YouTube videos. Yeah. We yeah. all we chose to use porta potties for the full week just to give it that festival feel. So the music in the tour kind of changed over the years, right? It began as like mainly skate punk and third wave ska, but then kind of ventured out largely to pop punk and metalcore. Okay. Um, <laughs> like you do. Come on. I mean, it's just a natural progression from third wave ska to pop punk and metalcore. <laughs> Um, so I just feel like you're saying <laughs> onomatopoeia. Honestly, <laughs> one of my favorite parts of rock music in general is just all the dumb subcategories of rock music. It's like, what? So we're calling it a different genre because you have a different guitar distortion? You know what I mean? Like, oh, so you play not power chords, so you get to be a whole new genre of music? Like, yeah. I'm not buying it. Yeah. Uh, the tour, though, is very unique because it was not set up as like a single fixed format. Instead, each show venue dedicated uh, dictated a different layout, right? So like the mm, whole thing mm-hmm. just popped up in a place. They set up... Uh, Four, five, I'm sure in the heyday, like 10 stages. Yeah, it was so big. So big. I mean, when I went, it was just in a huge open field, like a big like fairgrounds type of thing. And there were all these things, but all these stages had to be put up and torn down. Also, you have to think about like all of the amplification equipment for all of the stages. Like it is a huge production. Um, so you just like do it early in the morning, late at night. Uh, rock bands would call it like summer camp. For, for a touring band, you know, because it was just, like, always different. Yeah. One of the things that makes it really unique is, like, even though they'd have these big acts, the lineup time would be random. So it doesn't mean that just because you're the biggest name means you play last. Right. I like that. Yeah. You could, like... Sw- they, they, like, staggered it. Yeah. Yeah. And you wouldn't know who was playing when until you got there first thing in the morning. You, you There's a huge inflatable board with all the stages and all the acts and all the times, and you would go run to, and you'd try to plan out your day like Disneyland or something, right? (laughs) Um, And Warped Tour became a launching pad for many up-and-coming artists. Um, The festival is credited with bringing in unknown artists like Avenged Sevenfold. Rachel got her first taste of Avenged Sevenfold. Oh, did we watch some of that? Yeah, it's some of the unlistenable stuff. We got Blink-182, Sum 41, Limp Biscuit, My Chemical Romance, Fallout. My Chemical Romance? I know that. Yeah, now you do. Fallout Boy, Paramore, Machine Gun Kelly, and Katy Perry to the spotlight. Though I will say... I think Kevin Lehman is also a guy who likes to say that he made a lot of these bands on his Warp Tour instead of them. I, and, and truthfully, um, uh, acts like the Black Eyed Peas uh, were on Warp Tour in 1999. And actually, according to Will I Am, the Black Eyed Peas were the first group not to be categorized as punk for the Warp Tour. Mm-hmm. But there was a lot of like hip hop stuff too. It was a very diverse lineup. Um, but I just want to, you know, kind of take you back to 2004 for a second and like, what's a popular like rock and roll song in 2004, Rachel? I'll tell you. 
<laughs> yeah. yeah. U2, U2 is still trying to be relevant <laughs> in 2004. That's what would be flooded in on the music video channels, right? Um, because Warp Tour really tries to brand itself as like this like home for alternative stuff, you know, like people that don't have a home in like modern society. And this was a lot of like the emo pop punk culture thing at the time was like, we don't fit in with your thing. And truthfully, it's ridiculous. Like these people are not oppressed in any way. Yeah. Really? Like it's people searching for victimization a little bit. A little bit, listeners, relax. <laughs> it's just like now that we're comparing it to Lilith Fair, it's like Lilith Fair is like, yeah, they don't even want to put two girls on the same bill. So we're going to do a whole festival of all ladies, right? And that is way more punk rock to me than anything that like this very corporate branded tour is doing. Yeah. Right. Well, remember we watched that like Woodstock 99 documentary and that was just like truly disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Like what I will say is I feel like Warped Tour did a good job of caring about the people that were going, mm-hmm. you know, um, maybe not in choosing lineups in the next years that they would like to go to. In fact, in a lot of our research, we found out that Kevin Lehman was really trying to always capture the 14 to 17 year old audience like that. That's who he was going for. And in 2004, I was 14. <laughs> um, so he got so you me. You were peak <laughs> prime yes. pickings. So I'm going to, cause there's not too much more to say on this like whole festival yeah. thing. Like it's not this huge cultural moment that shifts anything. In my opinion, I don't want to spend a lot of time on the history of it. Rather, I'd like to talk to you about my personal connection to Warp Tour because Warp Tour was my first concert. Whoa. And what year? 2004. 2004. Okay. I was 13. Oh, Jesus. Um, 13, 14, I think. Oh, I was I was going to turn 14 in nine days. And just for the Gen Gap heads out there, uh, this is a fun game we like to play. He was 13. I was engaged. Uh, I was an adult. <laughs> to me? Rachel, you're going to prison. <laughs> nope. To the wrong person uh, <laughs> who I didn't marry. Um, but yeah, I was like in my early 20s living in Boston and engaged in 2004. Yeah. Actually, well, I got engaged a little later, but still. Yeah. Living with, I had like a live-in partner. Yeah. And I was still very much uh, worried about holding hands. Your, so yeah, Your live-in partner was your family. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, so I said Warp Tour is my first concert, but that's only kind of true because the first concert I ever went to was the local shows that my band was playing in. Brag much? I was in a pop punk band called Ria, R-I-A. Yeah. Actually, there were a couple spellings over the years, but R-I-A was the main one and the one that stuck. Uh, we were all 14 years old playing local gigs in Portland under shady music promoter companies. They'd be like, oh, if you serve, you know, sell out a certain number of tickets, you get this cut of the door. And I'm sure they were making off like bandits because we were in high school. We could just invite all our friends. We would sell out these shows and the music promoters loved us because we were a band that actually sold tickets instead of just have like eight people show That's up. That's crazy. I love that. We were entering every battle of the bands that would have us. 
Um, and we had a bit of a following and made friends with the other bands that we'd play with, which were much older than us. Oh, look at Sam, another another Freudian thing of him always hanging out with older people. Uh, this gives uh, us, and me in particular, an inflated sense of self-confidence, you know? Because <laughs> I knew that Rhea was the next big thing. But unfortunately, this is so long ago, there is no recording of Rhea to play for the pod. Except there totally is. And this song is called Black Eye Broken Tooth. Oh my god, it's happening! From our album, If You Don't Listen to This, The Terrorists Win. see why that this group would be drawn to the Vans Warp Tour. Okay. Ooh. And actually another memory I'm having right now is the tour would have these um compilation CDs each year where it would be like before you go to the tour they'd like have like oh this is the 2004 Warp Tour compilation and you'd get it beforehand? Yeah. It's called Promotion Rachel. Okay. Kevin Lehman knew oh, what so he was wasn't, doing. It wasn't, um, I gotcha. It, it wasn't, wasn't recordings live. from the right, concert. Right, right, right. It, it was just like the bands that would be there. And, yeah. yeah. And it wasn't their hits. It was like <laughs> B-sides from all of these bands. And like, say what you will about uh, all of the shady promotion of the Vans Warped Tour. Kevin Nealon. <laughs> what was his name? <laughs> wasn't Kevin Nealon, famous comedic actor, <laughs> Kevin Nealon. Kevin Nealon. Warped Tour was a great place to discover new music. And this compilation album was like doing research ahead of time. That's right? fun. And I uh, actually, in prep to this uh, pod, when I was doing the dishes, I was listening to this compilation CD that I remember getting this double disc CD compilation from the Valley River Center Mall, FYE. Rachel, do you remember the store FYE? <sighs> For your entertainment is yeah, what it was called. It was like I a Sam Goody. I kind of picture the logo. Yeah. yeah. Um, in Eugene, Oregon, and I just remember wearing out those discs. But it's so funny because I, I was listening to it and I was like, oh, right. The only you know, anti-flag song I know is from this compilation or like, this is like, oh, right. This is where I heard that obscure yellow card song. Totally. Or like, hey, this newfound glory song helped me find my newfound glory. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So on July 11th, 2004, we all went to Van's Warp Tour as a band. All the Rhea boys. All of Rhea? Yeah. What a sight to I'm see talking with the Luke. paparazzi. I'm talking Chance. I'm talking Mike, okay? Um, and we saw so many great bands. Uh, we met some of the local. Is it like, in Portland? Yeah, outside of Portland, obviously, because it's like this big fairgrounds area. Mm -hmm. We met a lot of the like up-and-coming and like local bands. Um, in fact, my first time ever crowd surfing was to The Offspring. My first mosh pit was under oath. Oath. Uh, but the real draw for me. Oh my god. Was taking back Sunday. 
Ugh, and Take It Back we did. Oh, Rachel, I played some Take It Back Sunday for you. I'm sure it just washes over you. You can't even retain <laughs> any it part like, of it. Um, no. Well, no. No. <laughs> it's not like that. That's how much I know you don't retain it. It's because yeah. it's the kind of music that just will never work for you. Similar Take to how Sunday. Pearl Jam will never sit. How dare you? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Taking Back Sunday probably deserves their own episode, so I'm not going to go too far into them here, but they were my bad emo band, okay? Mm. My Chemical Romance probably is better regarded, um, but Taking Back Sunday was an emotional explosion. (laughs) Though, in all of the footage I tried to find of them playing live, especially at Warped Tour, pretty bad. Pretty bad live. Um, Because they, I I mean, I got to imagine. How how is, Think about this kind of music, right? High voices screaming for a tour for a long tour where it's like you might do that at 11 a.m you know what i mean like so wait so the big acts were at all the stops when i was researching lilith fair it seemed like the the big acts like the headlining acts toured the whole thing and then they had local acts from other places was it like that yes um but there were so many stages that you know, there were bands that would be on for a long time. But yes, they did have like local bands come in. But my main memory that will always stay with me is me and the Rio boys wanted to sneak backstage to meet some of the bands. And by backstage, I mean like behind a behind fence. The tent? Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know. Um, so as the night's winding down, we approach the band's like tour area. And I can't remember if anyone said anything to us or not. Uh, like tried to stop us and if they did i feel like we'd say something like we're in a band you know what i mean right um and so we're real we got back there and it was like all of the bands were back there and they're all getting in line for barbecue because (laughs) one of the things that i found out through researching is that like some bands got to join the tour in exchange for barbecuing dinner for the rest of the bands like they would like take shifts <laughs> wait that's how they got on the lineup yeah like some bands would be like <laughs> that's funny like kitchen so it's like bands. improv <laughs> yeah 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 so we got in line and we we're like get up there and we like got like a barbecue burger and then i remember and i remember there were veggie options because it's like these are you know these are artists um, and Artists love veggies. They do. They do. But I remember they were like, um, are you going to tip? And like, we were like 14. We didn't have any money. <laughs> and especially at the end of a music festival. Yeah, I didn't have any money. So I was like, sorry. Oh my God. I'm just picturing these little 14 year old punk rock boys. Yeah. Pop, punk, metal. Core. core third wave ska. Thank you. Street punk. Um, yeah. No. We, we were eating our burgers, hanging out with the bands, where we weren't supposed to be, just rebels without a cause, rebels without money. And God damn it, we were taking back Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just rebels with really no actual problems. Right. Um, but it is a fond memory for me. Um, of course, the Vans Warped Tour always changed. Uh, but in my research, it was like, oh, it was at its peak in like 2004, 2005, which were the two years I went. Nice. So I was like, oh, I saw it for what it was. Yeah. I mean, I missed some of the big acts, you know, on either side where it was like, I didn't see Blink-182. But I did see Taking Back Sunday. I saw Thursday. I saw 
um, Motion City Soundtrack, Yellow Card. I saw so many great bands. But that probably all sounds like gobbledygook to you, Rachel, which is why we're going to play Find the Fake Band. Awesome. Can't wait. Pew, pew, pew. All right. So very similar to what we did in the dark here. I'm going to list three bands uh, that all toured Warp Tour, and you have to tell me the fake one because okay. one of them didn't tour Warp Tour. Okay. One of them's not real. Here we go. The first group of three is 1,000 Mona Lisas, 22 Aces, or 36 Crazy Fists. Oh, 36 Crazy Fists is the fake. I'm sorry. The correct answer was 22 Aces. There's actually a band called 22 Jacks. I just changed it a little. (laughs) Wait, what was that last one that was real? 36 Crazy Fists. That is... Crazy Fists, one word. Such a bad band name. (laughs) Okay, here we go. (laughs) Give that to Tom McGovern to cover in his good name, bad name. All right. uh, Another three bands here. AFI, CIV, SMS. Jesus Christ. CIV. No, I'm sorry. It's SMS. That sounds for short messaging system, uh, what they use for text messages. I know, but I thought that (laughs) someone that's what someone named the band. Okay, here we go. Next group of three. I killed the prom queen. I set my friends on fire. I am the avalanche. I set my friends on fire. I'm sorry. Actually, all three of those are real bands that toured no Warped Tour. Way. Oh my <laughs> all god! All right, here we go. Uh, last three here. Wait, just so you know, we're doing this uh, game for Lilith Fair bands too, and I mine are not nearly as good. <laughs> I know. I knew mine were going to be better here. All right, here we go. Uh, last three. John said he'd be here. <laughs> The world according to Gore. God damn it, not Ricky again. God damn it, not Ricky again. That is a fake band, but they all three were actually fake bands oh. I made up. <laughs> well, done. That, well done. Yeah, and that's all we got for Warp Tour. May it rest in where it is. Mm. It just needs to be gone, and um, I have some very fond memories. But if you have fond memories, let us know. Yeah. Well, speaking of letting us know, I actually did ask people already. And before we move on to Lilith Fair, I have to tell you something. Yes. You know someone who performed at Vans Warp Tour. I do. Uh, my coworker, Jeff, actually. Okay. No, but it's someone else. Okay. You don't know this yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. It is creator of the Generation Gap theme song, Douglas Wydick of North Coast fame. What? He told me that uh, he, first off, I I posted on social media, like, what "What are your feelings on these festivals? And uh, he said that he could write paragraphs on Warped Tour. And he said he also, he went and he also performed on the side stage with my band Easton in 2007. Whoa. It was a stage for local groups. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you guys heard it here first. The the person that created our awesome theme music, who's also my good friend, Doug, <laughs> he performed at Vans Warped Tour. That's so amazing. Pretty cool. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Um, I asked social media their thoughts on the two festivals. Um, and let me see if I can find like, uh, so our editor, Jack Martin. Yeah. He said, uh, when I was playing acoustic guitar in high school, the pop punk energy of Warp Tour was mm. a little too much for me. Mm, I get that too. A lo- also, a lot of the kids played hacky sack at lunch who played hacky sack at lunch wore vans. That's yeah, what he said. A hundred percent. And then when I asked him about Good Lilith Fair, sack. he said, Never heard of it. I thought it was a magazine like Vanity Fair. <laughs> <laughs> 
let's see. Uh, said uh, about Lil Fair, he just said, lesbians? By the way, this is like a very common reaction okay. when you I, talk about. This whole week, I was like, man, I kind of was like going a little hard on like girls who like girls in the in the dark. And I'm like, I was self-conscious of it. I was like worried that I was like. Am I playing into like the stereotype? And I do feel like maybe forgivably so, but it seems like that was the stereotype. Literally, it tells you where we're at culturally. I guess we're transitioning here. Yeah. That like the fact that there would be two women on a music festival bill were like, they must love each other. <laughs> like, it's <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, media as well. Like oh, that's yeah. what it was labeled as because we were just so stuck in a in a misogynistic time that if right. there was a gathering of women they had to all be gay <laughs> but also it was i mean i guess i'll just get into it we can come back to my my social media yeah. uh posts but uh yeah all right let's just hop in a little fair we're hopping around we're hopping we're popping we're flopping uh all right so as i said before little fair was a similarly a concert tour slash music festival it only ran for three uh three years uh 97 to 99 but it was groundbreaking and that it consisted solely of female artists female fronted bands and you know it also did feature gay artists who were out right which at the time was also groundbreaking you Mm -hmm. know it uh it toured uh the u.s and a little bit of canada so similar to van's warp tour and you know what? I'm a bitch. I'm a lover. I'm a child. I'm your mother. I'm a singer. I'm a sign. I do not feel ashamed. All right. So here's the deal. We Sam touched a bit on it, but I did not know any of the history of Warped, of Warped Tour, of Lilith Fair until now. Um, I was in high school in 96 and 97, um, or I'm sorry, 97. What am I saying? It started in 97. Okay, my friends must have gone in 97 because I feel like we were in high school. Um, I didn't actually go for some reason. My friends all went to Jones Beach. I don't know why I couldn't go. I probably had some Jewish thing. (laughs) No, I probably had a play, to Mm -hmm. be honest. Um, But I really didn't know any of the history about it because I was just like, I'm a fan of this music and we're going to go, you know? Um, but basically Sarah McLaughlin, who you all know from the ASPCA ads, uh, <laughs> right in the arms of an angel, <laughs> but she was like very well established, uh, in the early to mid nineties, but she was getting frustrated that concert promoters and radio stations refused to feature two female musicians in a row. And th- I just, I just have to say that again. <laughs> The radio refused to play two female musicians in a row or have two women on the same concert ticket. Isn't that over fifty percent of the population is women? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like what is it's, going on? It's crazy. So I'm gonna actually read a quote from this Vanity Fair article about mm-hmm. Lilith Fair uh, that was published in 2019. But it said, as Sarah McLaughlin kept ascending through the music industry, industry she kept hearing no, no. We can't play your song. We already have another woman artist in rotation. Mm-hmm. No, we can't put two women on the same concert bill. It's box office poison. So basically, this sexism forced female artists to compete with one another because there could only be one. Right. Instead of letting the women just like 
be artists, first of all, or be on the same team. Right. And if you compare that to Vans Warped Tour, do you know how many bands sound the fucking same? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh, you tell me you don't have room for another woman? It's like so crazy. It's wild. It's I know. And I'm it, hopping it, like ahead here, but like I when I think now of who the biggest artists are, they're all female. Oh yeah. It's Rihanna, it's Taylor Swift, it's Lizzo, Beyonce. Like it's it's crazy. Anyway. It's it, I mean, you you got these tour promoters like Kevin Lehman who are just like so Kevin Nealon, Kevin Nealon, who <laughs> just like completely are missing, like in the most cynical view of it is like, couldn't you just be making money off of women? <laughs> like, wouldn't right. women want to see women play? No, or, they like, didn't think men that want anyone women wanted to see that <laughs> right. many women. They just didn't. Right. So basically, Sarah McLaughlin, who was an Some artist herself, you know, <laughs> like it's so it's, stupid. It's crazy. So she created Lil Fair to basically basically be like fuck you Mm -hmm. she also uh headlined a tour where she had paula cole on the on the tour with her uh which was like people said was like career suicide to have two women on the ticket but she did it anyway and it was obviously great it was fine (laughs) (laughs) um so anyway sarah mclaughlin created little fair which again i did not know until we started researching this um so the first year of the festival slash tour uh it skewed heavily toward folk rock and like folk artists who were also popular on the radio so like jewel like at the time it was like paula cole jewel lisa loeb cheryl crow was really big Mm -hmm. uh which by the way a a lot all those acts are white women uh and i think like in the beginning a lot of criticism of this festival (laughs) because of course Already we're criticizing it. No, but like it, it was a problem that like it was very white. Um, and but the scope and the genre of the types of music and the acts and the human beings who were in them uh, expanded over the next two years. Um, so one fun thing I found uh, just researching is like so similar to now we know that there was like a local act stage in Warp Tour. Mm. Little Fair was smaller, but it was yeah. three stages. Um, and one of the stages was called the village stage. And that was for lesser known artists. Um, some of whom won slots on the bill uh, from like local talent searches in their home cities and stuff. So want to know some of the small town artists that got to appear on this village stage, these lesser known artists. I hope it's Michelle Branch. <laughs> Tegan and Sarah. Whoa. Nelly Furtado. What? Edina Menzel. That's wild. Hold on, hold on. We do have to stop for a second. Because I was building to something, but we can Well, stop. you stopped my building to something. <laughs> it was the last line of my script. <laughs> Gen Gap fights over here. <laughs> but the listeners need to know that Nelly Furtado is a very important artist to Rachel Rosenthal <laughs> because every time Rachel can't find her cell phone, she calls it her Selly Furtado. Yeah, which is a joke I stole from my friend Dan in like he's been he made that joke in like nineteen ninety nine. And I've been doing it ever since. Yeah, the bit loves you more at this point. Sorry, you were building to something. I was saying that these unknown artists were on this stage, including Idina Menzel, Tegan and Sarah, Nelly Furtado, and Christina Aguilera. Yes. Hamana Hamana. What? So, 
very similar to Vans Warp Tour. This festival helped like launch careers and establish careers of so many people, including in addition to those, Missy Elliott, Erica Badu, Dido. Uh, I said Nelly and Christina. Um, also, there were some acts that were like getting radio play or they were known, but they weren't big. But like the the chicks who at the time were known as the Dixie Chicks, obviously, mm. it like brought them mainstream. I just thought that was I, when I saw Christina Aguilera's name on that list, I was like, "Wait, that what? blows my mind." Yeah, crazy. Ninety seven, Christina Aguilera, and I just randomly found Adina Menzel's name. Like I was just like kind of looking through the lists of like who else might I know, and then I was like, "Wait, what?" Because before she was uh, on Broadway, if you guys don't know who Adina Menzel is, mm, yeah. she's like. One of the greatest Broadway stars. Um, mm. She's from Wicked. Wicked and Rent. And yeah, I guess she like had like a solo music career wow. before she hit Broadway hard. So here's some fun facts about Lilith Fair. In its first year, it grossed over 16 million, one of the highest grossing concert tours. And then over its three years, it had over 130 stops in North America. It featured over 300 female artists. It drew more than 1.5 million people. It grossed over 52 million. And what I love about it is that it donated more than 10 million to women's charities. Wow. Yeah. And I was like, as I said, I was posting on social media to ask people their thoughts. And someone messaged me and said they donated so much to um, domestic violence like mm. charities and stuff. I was like, that's incredible. And so it was just like, it was groundbreaking in so many ways. It featured women like queer folks and like progressive artist causes and of course because of this a lot of people associated it with lesbians it's the lesbian festival mm -hmm. it's got the indigo girls you know mm -hmm. and for anyone who doesn't know the indigo girls they are uh they're amazing i'm a huge indigo girls fan we're gonna do a separate episode on it um, but because of them and, and, and just having so many women on the ticket and all of this, people were calling it Lesbo Palooza. Okay. It's a pretty good name. And here, here's how you know you're doing something right. You know you're doing something right when the Christian right hates it. <laughs> and so you had Reverend Jerry Falwell who like hated everything in the 90s. Oh, I'm you know sure. He is? I don't know. He, he probably called Magic the Gathering the devil. Probably. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I know oh, the type. Oh god. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry Falwell. So he called it a pagan event. <laughs> and he called it demonic. And so it did uh force me to look up where the name Lilith Fair came from. So Lilith is Mentioned only once in the Bible, yeah, but yeah. apparently in Jewish lore, which I was unaware of, she was the first wife of Adam and supposedly the first, quote, she demon because she refused to be subservient to Adam. So fuck yeah, Lilith. <laughs> That's interesting because the Vans Warp Tour got its name from a company sponsoring it called Vans. Huh. So equally <laughs> as like meaningful. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah that means a lot. <laughs> oh God. But yeah, like researching this also just reminded me of like, remember when feminism just meant you must hate men yeah, yeah instead yeah, of yeah. it being like about equality yeah. <laughs> it's just like similar to warp tour as well they um they had local bands that they picked up across the road and then they obviously the main headliners toured i was listening to an interview with one of the singers 
or one of the artists who's in the band Letters from Cleo. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Letters to Cleo. Yeah. Do you know them? I think, it, yeah, they opened for Gregory's Course, right? <laughs> Shut up. Uh, but she was saying how it was like this really, like, very different from Lollapalooza, like, this very intimate experience of like Sarah McLaughlin, you would like arrive and there was a gift bag from Lush, like, you know, the like bath yeah. products <laughs> yeah. with a note signed by Sarah McLaughlin, who drove around in a golf cart going from act to act personally greeting them and like welcoming them in person. Um, and then like I alternatively, apparently on warp tour, there were competitions between acts to see how long they could go without bathing. Now that's <laughs> unconfirmed, but I just thought that was really funny. I, I feel like I can confirm. I, I ate a burger <laughs> with them. And like at the end of the festival, the last act of the night or whatever there was like a big sing-along with like all the artists on stage taking a line and i know like i saw one um one video online of them all singing closer to fine by indigo girls and i was like oh so fun so yeah i mentioned some of the acts a few of the like more known acts at the time who performed were queen latifah i mentioned indigo girls bonnie Raitt, who i love missy elliott i don't think she was like huge yet she performed when my friends went. Uh, Fiona Apple, Tracy nice. Chapman, Monica, Maya, Letters to Cleo, Liz Fair, Luscious Jackson, The Pretenders, The Cardigans, mm. and of course, Emmy Lou Harris, who was like, we, I watched like a clip of her online and I was like, oh my God, her voice is like freaking majestic. Oh, and speaking of majestic, we also watched a clip of Sinead O'Connor. Oh. We didn't watch a, a Sinead, we couldn't find her performing at Lilith Fair, although she did perform there. Mm. But we watched this like video of her singing a cappella Danny, Danny Boy, Boy on like Irish television, and it was absolutely like Irish Christmas beautiful. television. It was <laughs> it was so odd. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was so odd, but incredible. But yeah, so my thoughts coming to like me and and the present day. Like I said, the most popular and successful artists right now, like the billionaires of the industry are all female. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are some men too. And and actually so many of them are also people of color too. Mm -hmm. So just imagine them being like, sorry, Lizzo and Rihanna, you're not allowed to be on the radio like right after each other. <laughs> yeah, like that's what? Ridiculous. That's insane. Yeah. Also kind of looking back at this and, and it just made me remember slash kind of see my childhood in another light of yeah. like, wow, I grew up with so much sexism and misogyny, but in a time when we thought we were enlightened. And so, right. You know, like I'm sure that's how we're going to feel 20 years from now. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. But God, we've come such a long way. I don't know. I just, I've gotten so privileged that I didn't even think about the fact that all and all women line up would be a big deal. Right. It didn't even cross my mind that that was groundbreaking in 1997, which is the year I graduated from high school. Mm -hmm. I just kind of, I have to be reminded sometimes of like how, yes, all, I think of like, yes, all women. It was a hashtag movement before me too. Mm -hmm. Both of those would kind of actually start to create change. Um, and speaking of change, folk music is really connected to activism. And that was right. another thing I hadn't really thought of till we were watching these acts. And I was like, God, some of these lyrics are just like incredible. And I knew that because as a really big Indigo Girls fan, I was like 15 and like 
belting out lyrics about like a Native American massacre. Mm -hmm. And I didn't really know what I was talking Mm -hmm. about. I obviously knew that it was an activist Mm -hmm. song, um, but I didn't know like the history and I didn't really realize just how many issues they spoke out on and wrote about and all this incredible, like, and I'm so impressed by the Inigo girls. If anyone out there doesn't know who they are, I, I do feel like they deserve like a lot of kudos for just like being in the industry forever. They still tour to this very day. They release albums all the time. Their first album was released in like 85 or 87 and it is what? 2023. It's, the it number of albums they have, yeah. it's just incredible. And it's like folk music played a big part in the 60s with like yes. anti-war and civil rights. And so it makes sense to me in some ways that the first year of Lilith Fair, which is like a woman's movement, essentially, mm-hmm. would highlight so many folk singers. You yeah. know what I mean? It's it's the whole show is a protest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you're not going to put two female acts on the same ticket. Then guess what? We're going to put 300 female acts <laughs> on the same ticket. So fuck you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did not attend Lilith Fair. I kind of remembered through through researching this, but um, I did see a lot of these acts live. So I saw I saw Tracy Chapman play uh, at Central Park. Mm. Saw the Indigo Girls many many times, and I saw Cheryl Crow open for Bob Dylan when I was in high school. That's we went awesome. to a Bob Dylan show. That's awesome. And we didn't really know who Cheryl Crow was yet. She was really new. And she had this radio hit, which was all I want to do is have some fun. Mm. And so she like was opening for Bob Dylan. So that was kind of crazy. And honestly, she was better than Bob Dylan because he was he was getting old by then. No, I also (laughs) saw Bob Dylan live many years after you. And I I disagree with this idea that Bob Dylan was bad live. (laughs) I think he purposefully sings the lyrics not where they are on the album. Like he does a different rhythm because he doesn't like when people sing along. (laughs) (laughs) One thing that Sam that you noticed when we were watching is you were like, so many female artists today are more singers than they are well, musicians. pop artists in yeah. general. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. If you're a pop, and a lot of these acts aren't pop acts at Lilith Fair, right? Mm. They're folk acts or even rock or even a little country. Um, and I was just like, really, I loved how many front women were playing instruments mm-hmm. I don't want to sound like patronizing at all because I like it when any act like I just don't like a oh what do you do you sing in the band and Sam is a multi-instrumentalist <laughs> who doesn't sing a lot like I, <laughs> yeah, yeah like, I do <laughs> I like the instruments that's what music's about right yeah yeah uh, though that acapella Sinead O'Connor thing did move me very much yeah um but like seeing the indigo girls like uh, take off a mandolin and pick up a, a Telecaster and then switch to a banjo. It was very cool. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I did, I, I did like listen to some of this music this week and think, you know what? I should start listening to Joan Osborne. Like she kind of rocks. It mm. reminds me of like Susan Tedeschi or like I, me. I don't know. Um, I, I, I think it's funny. Like as a young person, I love the like softer harmony songs of yes. the Indigo Girls, the Emily songs, as as fans know them, with the pretty harmonies. And I would skip the Amy songs, which were like harder, like more rock. And now I feel like I would be the opposite, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. Like the last things I kind of wanted to mention is like, first off, like Sarah McLaughlin is interesting to me because just going to the personal side here, like I used to listen to one of her albums every single night when I would go to sleep. Mm -hmm. And I listened to it through 
this very big breakup and it reminded me of my terrible ex. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of decided this week that I am reclaiming Sarah McLaughlin. Mm -hmm. I can listen to some Sarah McLaughlin. Mm -hmm. It's been long enough that I can, it it doesn't like remind me of that person anymore. So that's good. Mm -hmm. And also, if there's one lesson to take away from this research of Lilith Fairy, it's like you can't let a man dictate the kind (laughs) of music that you're going to listen to. Yeah, exactly. Otherwise, I would just be listening to like boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, girl. (laughs) So (laughs) so stupid. Binary. Yeah. Also, I just like even though I didn't attend uh, Lilith Fair, I did go to a bunch of music festivals, including one that was called Gathering of the Vibes. Oh, boy. Boy. Yeah, it was a total hippie festival. Wendy and I went. It was awesome. Fish played? No, Fish did not play. But you know who did? String Cheese Incident. Speaking of fun uh, That's the fake one. Names, that's the no, fake one. No, that's a real one. But <laughs> let's play Find the Fake Band. Okay, with here we go. Lilith Fair Bands. Okay. All right. All right. Two of these are actual acts that played at Lilith Fair, and one is a band I made up. Okay. The Jelly Bean Julias. Mm. Wild strawberries, mm-hmm. more Chiba. We're gonna go with more strawberries. <laughs> uh, Wild strawberries is a band that actually played Lilith Fair. Jelly Bean, Jelly Bean Julia's is the one I made. Dang, up. I was I was double <laughs> thinking that. I was like, Jelly Bean Julia is really stupid, but that's why she would put it in there. <laughs> I'm trying to play the game too hard. All right, go ahead. All right, find the fake band, Sister Seven. Peter Pan's mistress. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm going to stop choice. there. I'm going to go with Peter Pan's yeah, mistress. Yeah, I made that up. <laughs> Pretty fun oh, yeah, now, You're right? bad at the fake ones. Here Shut we up. go. <laughs> I fooled you once. Shame on you. Uh, and I think we've covered Lilith Fair. That's it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I feel like I rambled. Did I ramble? No, you perfectly, you put acoustic guitar <laughs> under those tones and you uh, lulled us to a more peaceful future. Well, the the water is wide. Mm. Well, the water is wide. Um, so, get so let's talk a little bit about the intersection yeah. of these two. Yeah. Because although it's like, oh, this one's all good, 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 and this one's all, eh, 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 right? Obviously, there's a lot of things in common here. I think, like, the thing that you said that kind of rang true to me was, like, the activism. And I don't mean, I think Lilith Fair has that more from the top down because it's, Lilith Fair was created by a musician, mm-hmm. by an act. Mm-hmm. That like then gathered the things. And I think that is the most punk rock thing of all. Yeah. Whereas this corporately sponsored punk rock festival um, wasn't. However, I think a lot of the bands there uh, had a lot of like big protest songs, especially because at the time, again, there's a lot of like anti Iraq war uh, vibes going on. I'm thinking of like anti flag and no effects. There was a lot of like politically active bands. Um, so there's a little bit of crossover there. They'll all admit they go about it in very different ways because folk music has a history of being like anti-authoritarian and yeah. a, a, a way of change, as does punk rock. Right. But one's more like, have you ever considered this? And the other <laughs> one's like, go to hell! They're both trying to... They're both doing what they're doing, yeah, just they're doing both it in slightly the band, different you know? yeah. tones. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I'm for intersection between the two. Obviously, they also like both launched careers for due to exposure in mm-hmm. the festival, which I think is interesting. Like uh, for um, Warp Tour, it was like Paramore and Some Forty One and Blink One Eighty Two, yeah. right? Yeah. I, I was I, looking. Joan Jett played Warp Tour, and I thought, oh, maybe Joan Jett played Lilith Fair was as close to an act crossover as I could hope to find, but I couldn't confirm it. That's weird. I didn't know they let women into Warp Tour. Oh my gosh, grow up! Uh, <laughs> obviously, no, the there were women. Saw... No, there were women fronted bands. They just couldn't play back to back. Rachel, <laughs> and this is after Lilith Fair. I just realized <laughs> that I never got to say my thoughts about Vans Warped Tour but oh yeah but one thing we didn't talk about was that was just guys named Travis was something that oh I, yeah I I know well, you brought this to my attention that Travis <laughs> is a west coast name Travis is a west Co- like a white west coast like yeah man like tr- like if you're named Travis you probably use the word gnarly like <laughs> on the regular you know all of our Travis listeners write in <laughs> I also think it's funny. And not on hemp paper this time. <laughs> I also think it's funny that like Warp Tour had like basically like for the most part all white male lineups and it was like punk rock and whatever. And then like Katy Perry, a woman, performed and everyone was like, that was the death of Warped Tour was Katy Perry. And obviously it's not because she was a woman, it's because she's pop star but i thought that was funny yeah i I mean it did get more and more corporate this punk rock festival as the years go on um luckily lilith fair is like seinfeld where it went out on top right it was like three great years (laughs) but warp tour is from 95 to 2019 so that's like 14 no that's 24 years like yeah uh, it, it lost its way along the way, for I sure. Like, I like how Lil Fair was like, what if you could have like a music festival and women? And Vans Warped Tour was like, what if you could have a music festival and skateboarding? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hell yeah. I saw some of the skateboarding. It was fine. Here's what Kevin Lehman initially thought, like, if we don't combine music with extreme sports, we're all going to be working for somebody else who had this idea. And he was wrong. Like, skateboarding is now like an Olympic event. It's not like the cool hotness. It's like something that people are like, yeah, sure. Yeah. It's fine. It's like javelin throwing. (laughs) You know what I mean? It is not quite, it doesn't, maybe I'm wrong, but skateboarding doesn't have the cachet it used to. Oh, you think? I don't know. Maybe because we live in Oregon now, I'm like, people here still really like, skateboarding yeah 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 i think it i think there's a, a proud culture it's, of skateboarding again, but it's, it's guys not... named travis it's right, like right it's like you really need a good travis scene to have skateboarding thrive yeah otherwise area. it's gonna be totally gnarly <laughs> all right what is that hat floating across the room the hat of time the hat of time <laughs> the hat of time is a mystical hat containing all things nostalgia specifically from our age Gap, 96 to 2008, basically. Uh, And when you dip your hand into the hat of time, it will show you something from your past. All right, Rachel, dip in and be careful, okay? There weren't unions back then. Okay, here we go. Oh, this is interesting. Oh, interesting. (laughs) The movie Titanic. Oh, my goodness. This is a good one, hat of time. Oh, thank you, Sal. 
What? Is this the first time the Hat of Time has ever spoken? I think it spoke last time, but it had your voice. Interesting. (laughs) So, Sam, yeah, what are your memories, feelings, thoughts on the movie Titanic? I'm going to say 1997. I remember. And this is like a childhood memory, again, because I'm six years old. Um, going to the theater to see Titanic with my family. Okay, great movie to bring a six-year-old to, right? It's long, there's sex, everyone dies. Um, so I go to the, and the, the movie theater we saw it in, I swear, was like, there was like gold pillars, and you went upstairs. It was like the fanciest movie theater I ever remember going to. I don't know where this is. I'll have to talk to my mom. Um, but... I remember leaving the theater several times out of boredom. Oh, no way. I'm six years yeah, old. It's Titanic. And it's so long. It's like two and a half the hours. The first whole bit is like a romance, like a slow romance. Like, give me a break. Then when finally things go down, it's kind of scary. And I'm sleepy at that point. Okay? It's past nap time. <laughs> Uh, I've since watched the movie Titanic, um, and I do remember very uh, specifically uh, watching it on VHS, and it had two VHSs. It was one of those movies that was so long that you needed two VHSs, and the first one was a romance, and the second one was a disaster film, and I was always like, give me the disaster film. Um, Obviously, remembering the guy jumping off the boat, falling, and then hitting the propeller is something that will always stay with me. Yeah. Um, Yeah, Titanic. Mm. It's fine. I now did Celine Dion ever play Lilith Fair? <laughs> you would think there'd be some McLaughlin, right? Some Canadian love there. Yeah, I'll let's see. But you actually no. It's actually box office poison to have two Canadians back to back. You don't <laughs> yeah, want to do that. Forbid. No, no, no. What about yeah. you, Rachel? So Titanic. Titanic. I weirdly I can't remember. I don't remember if I saw it in the theater or not, but I do remember that. When I was a sophomore in college, which was 1998-9, my my girlfriends that I lived with, I lived in a suite with like six people. One of them was dating a guy named Travis. Okay. From the West Coast. Yeah. They got married. And they, I just remember that, that she, I think, was the one who had titanic on two vhs yeah uh so that's the memory that i have too and i i almost feel like i was supposed to as a girl in the at that yeah, time yeah, 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 yeah. i was supposed to like know it and love it mm-hmm. and i was often like oh i was often like out of the, the hip things i think time no i actually love you know, I love the minor characters in Titanic the most. Mm. You know, obviously the string quartet is everyone's favorite. I knew you were say that. Um, the captain yeah. of the Titanic is one of my favorite characters. I really was interested in the making of Titanic. I don't know why. I think oh, I watched because some, that like, was just one of those first movies with a bunch of special features. Yeah, and yeah. I thought it was super cool how they like. Yeah, yeah, one of James Cameron's better movies. It's no Aliens, but it's pretty good. I feel like I it was I don't know if I was watching it recently or what I I, I somehow was watching it I don't know it's probably a pandemic thing I had totally forgotten about the frame narrative in Titanic yeah. where it starts with them in a submarine It's been eighty four years <laughs> Yeah and is it like it's like uh, it's not who's that guy who's that actor who's like in the submarine I want to say. It's uh, like Paxton or... Bill or, Paxton. 
Is it Bill Paxton? It, it is Bill Paxton. I think it is because yeah. he's also in James Cameron's Aliens. All right. Well, <laughs> he does the famous Game Over Man yeah, Game Over. Yes, it is Paxton. Yeah. All right. Well, James Cameron loves Paxton. Thank you, Hat of Time. Thank you, Hat of Time. And thank you. You're welcome, Rachel. Oh, my gosh. See, it does talk. You have a transatlantic accent. Sam? Rachel? Do you feel like we bridged the gap? Today? Honestly, I think we did. I mean, probably more through research, but yes, I do feel <laughs> like we did bridge this gap. Yeah. I do feel like I know a lot more about um, the music festival that defined your generation. Yeah, and I feel like I know more about the company that sponsored the music festival that was your... They had checkered <laughs> shoes! Checkered shoes! Right. Fight the man! Alright, thanks All right. for listening and never stop yapping! Hit the guitar! Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap. Please follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sam and Rachel Comedy. And if you like the show, please rate us highly on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Sam and Rachel's Generation Gap is produced by Sam DeRose and Rachel Rosenthal with editing from Jack Barton. Our music is by Douglas Wydick and Sweet Tea Studios. Our artwork is by Aaron Maybe Designs. And the snuggles are provided by Rosie DeGalga. Galga.